isn't working. In spite of the fact that the American public has dramatically cut back on the amount of fat consumed, the country has experienced an epidemic rise in obesity. Why in the world are we gaining weight? We're getting fatter because many of our dietary laws are wrong. There is but one alarming conclusion to reach. A high-carbohydrate, low-fat diet may be dangerous to your health. To understand why that is, we need a new perspective on food. To get a new perspective, here's some information you need to know. Eating fat does not make you fat. It's hard to lose weight by simply restricting calories. Diets based on choice restriction and calorie limits usually fail. Weight loss has little to do with willpower. Food can be good or bad. The biochemical effects of food have been constant for the last 40 million years. Bottom line, the key to losing fat is not a matter of cutting calories. It's a matter of reaching the zone. In the zone, losing body fat is virtually automatic. But to reach the zone and stay there on a permanent basis, you'll first need to understand the difference between weight loss and fat loss. Obesity is not simply weight gain, it's the accumulation of excess body fat. Thus, reaching an ideal body weight involves the reduction of excess body fat. Your body weight is composed of many factors. For simplicity, though, we can treat the body as a two-part system, pure fat and lean body mass. Your ideal body weight is simply the appropriate percent of body fat for a healthy male or female. That figure is usually accepted to be 15% body fat for males and 22% body fat for females. How do current Americans stack up in terms of body fat? Today's average American man has 23% body fat, while the average American woman has 32% body fat. Why are our body fat percentages so high? Because the experts don't quite understand how body fat is influenced by the macronutrient content of the food we eat. What are macronutrients? Very simple. Protein, carbohydrate, and fat. Every time you eat, these macronutrients generate complex hormonal responses in your body. These responses ultimately determine how much body fat you will store. So let's look at the macronutrients one by one. Over the past 15 years, our dietary establishment has made a virtual industry of extolling the virtues of carbohydrates. We're constantly told that if we eat large amounts of them, there will be no heart disease and no obesity. Carbohydrates are merely different forms of simple sugars linked together in polymers. Any carbohydrates not immediately used by the body will be stored in the form of glycogen, a long string of glucose molecules linked together. The body has two storage sites for glycogen, the liver and the muscles. The glycogen stored in the muscles is inaccessible. Only the glycogen stored in the liver can be broken down and sent back into the bloodstream. 
The liver's capacity to store carbohydrates in the form of glycogen is very limited and can be depleted within 10 to 12 hours. That's why we eat carbohydrates. Once the glycogen levels are filled in both the liver and the muscles, excess carbohydrates have just one fate, to be converted to fat and stored. Excess carbohydrates end up as excess fat. That's not the worst of it. Any meal high in carbohydrates will generate a rapid rise in blood glucose. To adjust for this rapid rise, the pancreas secretes the hormone insulin. Insulin then lowers the levels of blood glucose. The problem is that insulin is essentially a storage hormone, evolved to put aside excess carbohydrates in the form of fat. So the insulin that's stimulated by excess carbohydrates aggressively promotes the accumulation of body fat. In other words, when we eat too much carbohydrate, we're essentially sending a hormonal message via insulin. The message? Store fat. Hold on. It gets even worse. Not only do increased insulin levels tell the body to store carbohydrates as fat, they also tell it not to release any stored fat. This makes it impossible for you to use your own stored body fat for energy. The entry rate of a carbohydrate into the bloodstream is known as its glycemic index. The lower the glycemic index, the slower the rate of absorption. What determines the glycemic index? The primary factors are 1. The structure of the simple sugars in the food, 2. The soluble fiber content, and 3. The fat content. All complex carbohydrates must be broken down into simple sugars for absorption. There are only three common sugars that comprise all edible carbohydrates, glucose, fructose, and galactose. Glucose is found in grains, pasta, bread, cereals, starches, and vegetables. Fructose is primarily found in fruits. Galactose is found in dairy products. Only glucose can be released directly into the bloodstream. This is why glucose-rich carbohydrates like breads and pastas virtually sprint from the liver back into the bloodstream, while galactose and fructose, which must first be converted into glucose in the liver, enter the bloodstream at a slower rate. So if you're trying to lose weight, eating too many carbohydrates, especially high glycemic carbohydrates, and the resulting increase in insulin levels can have the wrong effect. Instead of burning off your stockpiles of stored fat, you're actually increasing them. Protein, the neglected macronutrient. The justification for protein's bad rap is that two of our most popular protein sources, red meat and whole dairy products, also contain large amounts of saturated fats. But proteins are the basis of all life. Protein is also the main structural ingredient of our cells and the enzymes that keep them running. Amino acids, the building blocks of proteins, are the foundation of all life. All right, if protein is a necessary fact of life, and if excess carbohydrates make you fat, why not eat lots of protein and very little carbohydrate? The truth is, high-protein diets may cause changes in the fat cells, making them 10 times more active 
in sequestering fat than they were before you went on a diet. So when you go off the diet, you continue to accumulate body fat at a frightening rate. Fat phobia. I've said it before, and I'll say it again. Dietary fat does not make you fat. What's more, and this is even more shocking, you have to eat fat to lose fat. This sounds like nutritional heresy, but there's scientific proof. In the 1950s, Kickwick and Powen at the University of London in England put patients on a diet that was low in calories, 1,000 calories, but high in fat. What happened? Those patients lost significant amounts of weight. When the same patients were put on a high-carbohydrate diet, 90% of the calories as fat-free carbohydrate, with the same number of calories, there was virtually no weight loss. Amazing. So what happens when overweight people go on a zone-favorable diet that combines the proper ratios of protein, carbohydrate, and fat? In 1992, I conducted a pilot study to answer this question. The results of the study were exactly as I expected. The women each lost an average of 7 pounds of fat in a 6-week period. All the weight was pure fat loss. Their average percentage of body fat dropped from 29% to 26%. The men did just as well. Their percentage of body fat dropped from 20% to 17%. More important, neither the men nor the women lost any lean body mass. All the weight loss was fat loss. Keep in mind the two keys to permanent weight loss through a zone favorable diet is one, dietary fat does not make you fat.